who do we have at the table as we deal with this discussion? Pass away. Well, listen, uh, when we when we scoured the nation, <laughs> actually the world, wow, to that's look right. and see who we can bring to help us understand this process of going from uh, viewership to, to discipleship, um, we were so excited that uh, these two, our two guests uh, said yes. Um, we have with us uh, a young adult. Well, uh, to me, she's I a young adult. That, oh, you're talking about actually her. Okay. <laughs> in, who is in the actual trenches and understands this stuff from behind the scenes and, and knows the definitions and how to make it work, has even written a book about digital mm. evangelism. We're so glad to have Jamie Dom with us. And you will hear more about her in a few seconds. Hey, all right, all right. right. Dr. Henry, uh, we are waiting on yes, this gentleman listen. to show up, but tell us just a little bit about him. Well, listen, we, man, we're so blessed. You know, all of our guests that come on the show, we're just so blessed to have them. We know that a lot of our guests have a very busy schedule and our other guests, um, like so many of our others, they have a very busy schedule, but he has agreed to come on. Uh, the next guest that we have coming on our program today is President Everett Brown from the Jamaica Union. Now listen, uh, Jamaica is one of the fastest growing uh, places for seven-day Adventists. They have something like five conferences or something like that, and they're growing fast. And even in COVID-19, uh, the church has just reached um, just exponential levels. And so we are so pleased to have him on. Again, he has a busy schedule today, so he's at a program, but he's going to come on in uh, by the grace of God and give us a, a picture uh, of what, what's happening in Jamaica and what are some of the steps that we can take as pastors and ministers of the gospel to bring people from viewership to discipleship. Dr. Henry, you did that so well. Jamie, we are so excited to have you with us today. Yeah. Um, I told you before the, the before the uh, in the pre thing that I got to browse you and 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 scope you out just a little bit and some of the things that you're doing. And there's a whole lot, and we didn't capture but a piece of it in your intro. But we like to give everybody a, a, a minute or so to go ahead and to, to share some things about what you're doing about yourself. If you just want to say hi, mom, or whatever it is, we're going to give you 39 points. Uh, 11 seconds, if that works. 39.11 seconds. It's to say whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say it, and the time is yours <laughs> now. Well, I just want everybody to know that this is an important moment for the church. I truly believe that the next Great Awakening will be a digital one, but it's going to take every single individual. It's going to take reawakening that grassroots mentality that founded the Adventist church that founded the apostolic church. And so we have a moment where each of us have a powerful tool in our hands for improving the well-beings of another and sharing the gospel. Wow, powerful, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Um, well, let's uh, we're, we're going to just go ahead and jump on in um, to our first question. We did something different this week. Those of you that saw the flyer that we put out, um, we went ahead and and put the questions out so you guys could see the questions that we were going to go through today. And we hope that that might have uh, been helpful to you. Um, so we're just going to jump on in. Who's got that first question? Colleen says you have two spaces for Dr. Henry. Yeah, Dr. Henry is doing double 
double duty for us today until, <laughs> hey, until Pastor Brown gets in. Um, <laughs> thank you, Colleen. For, I'm not for worthy. Me. I'm not worthy, man. You put me. <laughs> I'm not worthy to be in that that position, man. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And listen, let's have a word of prayer first. Yes. Pastor Paul, can we do that? A word yes. Of let's do it. Go uh, ahead. Pastor Wade, why don't, you, why don't you lead us out in prayer, and then we'll get started with the first question. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Now, Lord, as we have this discussion, we pray that it falls on good ground. And when yeah. and when it does come to come time for it to blossom, uh, it will bring glory to your name. Is my prayer in Jesus, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, listen, I, let me let me just go first. Uh, first of all, thank you, you know, for coming on the show. I mean, your expertise is is going to be um, or is valuable and it will be a great resource to our listeners on what you do. You know, I'm reading your title down there and um, it says digital strategist. And that's what we need. <laughs> we need a strategy <laughs> on how we can do this. So listen, um, hey, the first question, you know, the difference between membership and discipleship, the difference between membership and discipleship from your view, from your perspective, what's that big difference? I think the main difference is action, is participation. So when we're members, yes, you may be supporting with your tithe, you may be attending faithfully and, and participating in the service, you may get up and you read scriptures. But I think when it moves to discipleship, that's the action component that's actively engaged in ministry that is using your influence. And of course, my area of expertise is the digital sphere your digital influence. And that is using it in an active and intentional way, intentionally seeking ways to minister to others and serve their needs where they are. But it's intentionally following Jesus's example of meeting people's spiritual needs, their physical needs, their emotional needs, then bidding them come a follow. It's also just being very intentional with how you share the gospel message. And, you know, I'm not about silos. I'm about breaking down silos. So it's a combination. It's an integrative method of traditional in-person evangelism and sharing the gospel as well as digital. But the point is using your influence to grow the kingdom and reframing how you understand your relationship and your responsibility to serving others and building the kingdom and sharing the gospel and spreading these important truths when we have for the first time in history the ability to do it with such ease let me ask you a question uh jamie and real good um response that you gave can you be a disciple but not a member a disciple <laughs> but not a member and 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 I, can you be a disciple first and then become a member? I mean, explain that to me because I'm thinking about these terms, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking about you know the church. We have our membership role, and as you said already, that um, discipleship is moving people into action. But can we can we actually have that discipleship first and then the person become a member? I actually do think that's possible. And maybe that's a younger mindset that isn't so into membership, that isn't so into sort of formal structures, because you can become a believer like the woman at the well. She became a believer. And what did she do? The first thing she did is she went back and she told people she shared what she knew. Was she a member of a church? No. And we have story after story of that in the Bible. And I think when we respond 
to the light that we have been given, when we respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to ease the burden of another person, to, to share these truths that can grant hope and wholeness to people searching for it in the city, we can become a disciple before we officially joined the church. I mean, in my own personal experience, it took me years to actually get baptized and, and to come to the church. I came from an atheist background, but I started responding to the Holy Spirit. I started changing my life and I started trying to, to share the light that I had before I took that step for formal membership. And so, but I think it's unique. I think it's unique to every individual. I think everyone's going to have a different story, a different experience, but I think it's entirely possible. Well, I, you know, when we posted those questions earlier, um, Dr. Henry, I saw somebody ask, um, is there a difference? Oh, I'm trying to remember how it was worded now, but it was something about, is there a difference between Christianity and, and discipleship? Um, and then I heard this one and I, I would throw this out to Jamie and, and, and to either of my co-hosts today, um, that what, is there something that needs to be done? to make those two things, membership and discipleship, synonymous. Because I think in many cases we have, and I, and I think almost every pastor, every church member who has seen a church member or a pastor do something that wasn't very Christ-like has said, yeah, there mm -hmm. we have members that are not disciples. How do we mm -hmm. move or what, what do we do to help move to the place where membership and discipleship are synonymous? Well, I think there's a couple of things that can happen. And just from my own personal experience, speaking to young adults in particular, is it's this idea of empowering and equipping. Because we have this culture, and I don't know if it's just Western culture or our church culture, this idea that we need permission to somehow be involved in ministry. And so we, we, in many senses, we have become the Laodicean church. We're good Christians. We go to church every Sabbath. We sit in the pews and we watch the service and we tithe and then we leave. And unless we get to be involved or invited in ministry or something like that, we're not actually participating in discipleship. But Jesus called us to baptize and to make disciples. And one of the biggest hurdles I see is almost granting permission like I have stood up while speaking in front of groups of young people and said, if you're looking for permission, I'm granting it to you now. And you can see almost the burden come off of them. And it, but the second part of it is reframing because uh, we, we have a culture, we have a church structure, we have a, a bureaucracy and, and, and an institution. And I think all of that's good. But the individual doesn't see their role in it. They don't see how they wow. can participate. So they've taken a more passive role. Uh -huh. But when we reframe and say every single one of you has influence, yes. it doesn't matter if you have four friends. It doesn't matter if you have 40,000 followers on Twitter or Snapchat or TikTok or Facebook. You have influence and what you do with that influence matters. And you can participate in evangelism. You can participate in discipleship. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be those formal credentials because we are all asked. We are all instructed to do that with or without our, you know, doctoral of ministry. And so when mm. we grant them permission, we say, this is how you use your influence. You should not 
Your life online is not separate from the real life. What starts in the digital space is not confined to the digital space. So when you go online, which more and more people are spending most of their life online, we know the average person spends between nine and 18 hours a day behind a screen. Are you reflecting Christ? Are you putting Jesus on display? Are you using your influence? Are you paying attention? Are you weeping with those who weep? Are you rejoicing with those who rejoice? Are you finding actionable ways to minister to others? Wow. And wow. to share the truth. Well, you know, I, when I when I when I was pastoring um, a couple of churches ago, I was really wondering where 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 am I where when do I cross the line? When do members become disciples? Because you, you really are not yeah. sure because it's such an organic situation. Um, mm-hmm. But then I ran into a pastor that showed me where he challenged his members with um, with with like four codes mm-hmm. of uh, if, you know to be a member of this church you need to do these four things and and you need to you know mm-hmm. pledge yourself to these things and I was a little, mm-hmm. I was a little bit taken back by that because I was like well that's not what I really learned to do as a leader to challenge my members mm-hmm. I think the only the only gate. The only definition of being um, a member at our church was that you got baptized and that was Mm -hmm. it. And we don't expect anything else from you. But what I'm hearing now is that in discipleship, there's an expectation and um, and and we need to figure out um, how to how to get that across to members. Because I think for mm-hmm. too long we have just allowed them to feel that baptism is all mm-hmm. they did to do to, to mm-hmm. have the card. You know, American Express said all you need to do is carry the card for membership. Uh, but but there, that's all we needed to do was say, hey, we, we're willing to get baptized, but nothing else. That expectation has been lost. Mm-hmm. And now that we are forced to go into the digital space, it's mm-hmm. it's even more ambiguous because we don't see them every week. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, my my question, and, and I'm shifting to this to this concept. What are some of the things uh, we we talked about? What the difference is? You said action, but could you be a little more specific? What are some of the mm-hmm. things that moves us from the line of membership to to that discipleship? What 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 what? Where if I was a member, what would I be doing to show? Wow, I'm moving towards discipleship. Well, I want to go back to that idea of being intentional with how you live your life, whether that's a physical world, whether that's in the online space. And I'm going to get very specific. And I'm actually going to take us back to Exodus 4 for a moment. God asked Moses, what is in your hand? Now, part of the problem in our church is that we have kind of viewed digital tools and technologies as a negative thing. It's a place where we can go astray. Instead of seeing it as a massive, wide open digital mission field. So what God did is he asked him what was in his hand. And Moses said, a staff. Hmm. Now, a staff is a neutral tool. It can be used for bad. It can be used to strike animals or strike other people. Or it can Mm -hmm. be used to protect and lead them. But here's the interesting thing. With God into the mix, that simple staff was able to perform miracles and lead God's children out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt. Mm, I think, you know, I think every part of the Bible is relevant. And I think many of those stories in the Bible are speaking us to today. But I think God is using COVID because we couldn't figure out 
how to extend the church experience beyond the confines of time and space in a building. And so God is closing the church doors until we figure out that we have a role to play and that God's kingdom is 24-7 and we should be feeding people spiritually 24-7. We should have a servant's mindset 24-7. So specifically what that looks like in the digital space is reframing how we use our time online to intentionally connect with friends, neighbors, family, whoever it is that you can connect with. It doesn't matter whether it's email, whether it's text, whether it's you know social media platforms, whatever it is, connect with others. And then I always wanna say, how many prayers can we answer by simply paying attention? Wow. So people share an unbelievable amount of information online. They share the loss of loved ones. They share the loss of jobs. They share health challenges. They share anything and everything. And COVID has opened up so many opportunities for us to serve without leaving our house, you guys. So just some personal examples. It's not about me. These are just examples. But, you know, I knew two people who lost their jobs. My background, my training is 15 years in marketing. Most people are uncomfortable marketing themselves. But what I could offer those two people is help with their cover letter and help with their resume because one of them had not created a resume in 16 years because he had been loyal to the organization he was working for. That's something I can offer. And you see these help maps all the time popping up on Nextdoor, which is a local um, social media app for community. And it's fantastic. You have these like communities that are now popping up. You can offer your services for a young person who lost their job because the colleges were shut down and they could only work on campus because they were a foreign national. They, they lost their job. I reached out to them. They're not a Christian. I asked them what they needed. How are they going to buy groceries? I sent them cash app money. Wow. We can do this. People share a lot of lines. So oftentimes when we go online, it's about us. It's about us sharing our lives. It's about sharing our lunch. Now, we don't tend to view the digital space as a place to share the gospel. We need to change that. But we also need mm -hmm. to go online with, again, that servant's attitude, weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those who rejoice, and taking action. Ask them questions. Take the conversation more privately to direct messages. Um, text them. Find out what the problem is. Find out what can need what what can you do to improve their well-being in this situation. Send them recorded prayers. Don't just type thoughts and prayers. That mm. I know you mean it. I mean it every time I've ever typed it in the past. But one of the things I've been doing the last few years is I don't type that anymore. I send them whether it's via text, whether it's a Facebook voice message, whatever it is, or WhatsApp. You can do it on that too. I send them a recorded prayer of me petitioning wow. God on their behalf. Because wow. if they're in crisis, they may not be able to answer the phone. They may not want to talk to somebody, especially young adults. We don't like talking on the phone, okay? And I'm technically not a young adult, but I appreciate you categorizing me as one. But send them a petition. And it, 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 it's, it makes you feel vulnerable, but it also shows, like, it's, it's just more impactful and then here's it. When you spend so much time loving people, pouring into people, ministering to people with your digital influence, then they'll reach out to you. They know you care about them. You've invested in the life. Again, remember what Jesus did. We use digital media to always promote our upcoming events or programs mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And that's not wrong. 
But that's not the bulk of what we should be doing. Jesus didn't walk around and say, hey, guys, I got this great sermon coming up. We're going to cover the Beatitudes. Make sure you're there. Bring a friend. What he did is he literally met people's physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, where they were, the question or the issue they were dealing with. He didn't say, oh, that's great, but you need to understand the 2300 dates. No, he did say we need to study the book of Daniel and understand, you know, the abomination of desolation. But that was not the bulk of what he did. He met their needs first mm. and then bid them come and follow. We can do this as disciples. And then when we also add to our mix of what we share in the digital space, when we put Christ on display through our actions, but also through the content, we either create ourselves by sharing personal stories and what God's doing in our life, or we curate content that is meaningful to us and we share it through our sphere of digital influence. People are going to take the time to listen because they know you and they value what you think because you have invested in their lives. Okay, wow. Jamie, Jamie, wow. Jamie, I got I to gotta, I gotta pump some brakes here because I'm listening to all of this and I, I'm saying all of these ingredients that you're talking about, about how, 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 you know, you, disciple making works. Mm -hmm. I, it sounded like about 98% of what you just said had nothing to do with, with what most of us as pastors or churches do in the digital space. Because most of mm -hmm. what it seems like what we do in this digital space is we have a church service in this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we do the church service. We see that we had a number on the top of the screen that says we had X amount of many views. And we get excited about the number of views that we see or we get deflated and depressed because of the number of views that we see mm -hmm. in our worship mm -hmm. service. But then when it's done and we sign off, it's done. And we sit mm -hmm. apart from social media, apart from the digital space until it's time to do another church service. But it sounds mm -hmm. like in the disciple making process, correct me if I'm wrong, that very little mm -hmm. of what you just articulated to us about making disciples in the digital space had to do with a worship service. Explain that. Talk to let's can we drill down a little bit deeper on that? If it's not Absolutely. a if it's not a worship service, then what is it? Then how do we use this space to do mm -hmm. the things that you just articulated? Well, I saw something, I saw an infographic earlier. I think it was today. Um, from Marcos Torres, and he was comparing sort of the primitive early church compared to modern church. Mm. And the point he made is that they came together daily. They had a service mindset. Yes, they worshiped. Absolutely. We need that worship. Pastors keep giving us the, that spiritual food. We need it. But we need daily connections. We need to come together daily. We need to pray together daily. We need to build a community. Whereas if I'm in trouble, I feel comfortable reaching out to people. Or if someone's in trouble, they can talk to me. They can come to me. They can text me. They can ask me whatever difficult question they have. And they know that I'm going to receive it without judgment, without condemnation. So what we have the opportunity to do is... We have so many churches now, like our church, for example, our home church has a Bible study at least one a day. That's at least, I think on some days we have two Bible studies a day where wow. people come together, they fellowship, they pray, and it's all via Zoom. And the great thing is we now have the opportunity to do that without borders, without limitations, because for so long, 
without meaning to, we actually excluded people from the church community and the worship experience because they could not come in person. And it wasn't until very recently that I realized that I would have fallen into that category after having a child. But we don't think about that. We, we, we look at, you know, young mothers and stuff and they're like, oh, well, they drop off, you know, Bible study because we can't physically go anywhere half the time. And right, so, but right. now I can attend Bible studies. I can connect with others. I can FaceTime with my friends. I can pray with them because now it's normalized. Before wow. COVID, if I would have said, hey, guys, you know, the, the baby goes to bed at 7, so I can't be at the Bible study at 7.30 because i got to stay home. Can, can I hop on right. Zoom? They would have been like, <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe we could, like, call you and you can kind of hear. Like, it wouldn't have worked. But now we have right. an opportunity where we can feed people 24-7 with fellowship, with friendship, checking on each other, because we have so many tools to reach people. And we're not using them to their full capacity. Wow. Because people Jamie, need you, you, belonging. No, go ahead. Finish. Oh, no, I was going to say, people need belonging. They need that community first. They need, they, they need that support system. And they need the mentorship, you know, mentorship down from the older generations to the younger generations. They need that support. But also, we can learn a lot from the younger generations about how they view the life. Because they... They interact with the world very differently than we do through technology. You're so right. I mean, when you when you shared the when you said the word that the the early church met daily, I don't know if you realize the weight that you just dropped on us daily. Mm -hmm. Because I have heard too many leaders talk about the fact. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to oversaturate. So we don't want to meet wow. every every week or every day. We don't want to. We don't want to keep posting or we don't want to keep uh, connecting. But but what I'm realizing. That's the thing we need to do in this in this environment right now. We need to have regular time daily with each other because we're not connecting at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this really great um, story. And I'll say this before you know we start bringing in Dr. Brown where a pastor went to visit an elderly gentleman who stopped going to church. And I heard many different renditions of the story. And he said he was fine worshiping on his own and everything was fine. But there was a fire there and the pastor kicked out one of the coals and they watched it slowly burn out. And it made his point. Basically, you can't keep burning if you're alone. And I think we're seeing, so a number, this is a pre-COVID number. I'm sure it's 50% now, but at any given moment in North America, a quarter of people are in crisis. That's divorce, depression, illness, the list goes on. A quarter of people are in crisis. COVID is probably 50%. And knowing that, people don't need to go and watch a service just once a week. Yes, they need that sermon. They need that spiritual food, but they need a daily connection with others so that they can keep burning with God. When we get together, we talk about the word. We talk about what God's doing in our life. When we serve others, we feel connected to God. And especially if we want to reach the younger generation, what they hear, what matters to the younger generation is the gospel of action, mm. not words. Wow. 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 That's great stuff. 
Listen, we have with us that just joined us, and thank you, this powerful stuff, Jamie. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we want to just give uh, Dr. Brown a, 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 a intro here as he's come in. We are so glad to have uh, Dr. Brown has joined us. Dr. Brown is the president of the Jamaica Union Conference. He had a, an engagement that was uh, running right alongside us, but we're glad that he has made it with us today. And, and so while we're doing this, let's just kind of, Roger, as you say, reset the room. Um, we are talking today. We're talking today about the idea and the concept of moving in the online space viewers from viewership to discipleship. And so we've been digging yeah. in on that topic. Topic. How do we move from viewership to discipleship? We've spent the first part of this conversation kind of digging in on, on what discipleship really is, what it looks like, how do we make it happen? Um, and we're and, and we're excited to get, we've got about a few more questions to go. But Dr. Brown, just tell us just a little bit, if you would, sir, um, how are things going in that area with you? We didn't get a, a chance to really introduce you, but we'll give you that opportunity now just to greet um, our audience today. Um, anything specific you want to tell them about what's happening in the great on the great island of Jamaica? Um, everybody knows Jamaica is the place, the single place in the world that has the highest population or, or highest percentage of Adventist to non-Adventist. It means that you guys are doing some awesome work over there. Dr. Brown, talk to us for just. Uh, we're going to give you. Uh, what did we give you, uh, uh, Jamie? We gave you. I think we're going to give you 40.2 seconds to say anything you need to. Say say, and then we'll pick up with our questions there. The time is yours, uh, Pastor Brown. My pleasure, my sister, my brother, to join you in this pastoral uh, roundtable. Um, God continues to bless the work in Jamaica. And our success has been um, due in part to the leading of the Holy Spirit, of course, and the total involvement of leadership, membership, and of pastoral staff. And um, we just want to thank God for his blessings and to uh, make ourselves available to be used by him as we do mission in these complex and challenging times. Thank you. Listen, um, one, one thing we want to say, you know, again, um, I know that Jamaica is one of the fastest growing areas for Adventism, if not the fastest. And right now, how many conferences do you have in the country of Jamaica? Presently, we have five conferences with a total membership of close to over 370,000 members. Wow. 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 <laughs> and, and Jamaica, well, so, and the population of Jamaica is probably what? Under three, under three million. Wow. So, so you're telling me that 10% of the island. Mercy. <laughs> are Adventists. Yeah. Well, listen, um, yeah. one of the things that we, and again, Jamie alluded to this about being intentional during, um, just being intentional on the digital space. And we know that even last year, although there was, well, we're still in a pandemic, but last year we really, you know, felt it from March all the way through, and we're still, you know, going through it now. Um, in my conversations with you, Jamaica was still growing. I mean, they still had people being baptized. I mean, there were meetings that were happening. And so one of the things that we want to know this afternoon is uh, how, how did they make the pivot, like, like many other 
uh, places here. And how can, how do they move the viewership from discipleship? Because that that is the, the critical part of the matter. Uh, you know, you could be a member on the books, but not a disciple. So how do they make that pivot and move viewership to discipleship? Uh, evangelism, mission, is not an option for the church in, in Jamaica. Um, it's part of our DNA. Um, past leadership, present leadership, and I suspect the leaders that they are preparing, training, um, view and see mission and evangelism as a part of what we do. And so, prior to the onset of COVID-19, we had already um, put in place our um, evangelism for 2020, um, which involved the preaching of the gospel in traditional ways on the faith in church, using to a limited extent um, social media, uh, a media platform that we, we, we could engage in. Uh, but when COVID struck, and um, we could not do public evangelism. We were fortunate as a church in Jamaica to have a radio station that covered Great Island. Uh, we had a television, a cable television station operated out of NCU that covers close to 90% of the island. So immediately when, when COVID came and we, we were told that we could not um, have public meetings and uh, our members um, could not worship in the building um, as we were accustomed to. As a matter of fact, it, we were reduced to about um, 15 or 20 persons inside the church. And then later on that morphed into um, the, the um, one person per 60 or 40 square, square foot of, uh, um, of, of, of church space, we decided that we were going to transition from the physical um, space to a virtual audience and to utilize the radio station and the television station in ministering to our members on this mm. platform. So those who could not access and access the television would be able to access radio and we would sing television and radio so that every member from home or within the limited space within the church could be um, catered to on, on a, a Sabbath or during the week when we have um, uh, or, or programs, so 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 we were able to utilize that, and right away, as a matter of fact, even before COVID, we had planned this digital evangelism campaign uh, called "Let's Talk About um, Let's Talk About Him," um, and so COVID did not catch us off guard because before COVID, we were planning to go online. And so we just utilized, put in place the, the, the plans that we had and, um, and engage our members 
as a matter of fact, engage the world because as a result of that um, program, over over 500 persons were baptized, persons in Jamaica, even as far as, as Canada and the United States committed themselves to God. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, we, we believe that virtual church yeah, is not only something of the, the present, virtual church is going to be something of the future because we feel that COVID has created a golden opportunity for us to segue into digital ministry, digital evangelism to fulfill the mission that God has introduced. Listen, Pastor Brown, let me tell you how powerful that thing was. I, I don't I don't remember it was East Jamaica, West Jamaica Conference did that series. And and I got a call from, from somebody in one of those conferences saying, Pastor Paul, there is somebody in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who's been watching our event and they've made a decision to get baptized. We want you to work with them. And in that virtual meeting, I had a camera right next to my baptismal pool and we did a baptism in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida that was a part of the virtual series that took place in Jamaica. Um, so I, I'm a witness that, that that thing works. And it, it did a powerful job. Powerful. As, we, as we speak, of, as we look at um, membership and um, authentic um, um, discipleship, we must recognize that context, the situation, is going to determine how we minister, how we make, make disciples. We have to use the available tool to reach people. And if, if, if the people are online, yeah. then we have to use the technology to connect with people online and to lead them to a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Yes. Listen, that's a great segue into this next question. I want to throw it out to, to both of you. Um, and, and we've covered a little bit of it already, but I just want to drill just a little further into it. Discipleship is something that many feel is fostered hands-on in, in real physical spaces and in tangible community. Some feel that virtual disciple-making ends up creating virtual Christians. And in this case, virtual being the opposite of real and authentic. In other words, they say, well, if they, they were virtual, a virtual disciple, then they're not a real Christian because they not, it's just not real. How would you respond to people who have those kinds of concerns? I would I, say I would, if it, I, I would give Jamie the opportunity to go first. Oh, okay, thank okay, you. Go ahead, Jamie. Um, I would say what is what is started in the digital space is not confined to the ah. digital space. And I have seen this happen again and again and again. If we interact with a good thing, we're going to share a good thing. So the number one reason, the New York Times, and I forgot the other organization, did a big study of why people share content online. The vast majority of people share content because they believe it will improve the lives of others. The church, I mean, corporately, individually, every member of the church should be the leader in creating content that improves the lives of others. And our life we live and we interact with technology. We can spend anywhere between nine and 18 hours a day behind a screen. Jesus went physically to where people are. 
right now we are in a situation where oftentimes we can't go physically where people are and we might not even be welcome in the physical space with another person. We need to follow these examples. It's the same message, but we need to package it. We need to distribute it in the digital space to meet people where they are because how I am affected by the things I watch, the things I read, the things that inspire me online changes me, the real person. If somebody reaches out to me and ministers to me, it doesn't matter that the conversation started in the digital space. They're still impacting me. They're still ministering to me in the real world, in the physical space. We, again, this is a reframing of how we view the digital world. It is an extension of our lives. It's an extension of ourselves. And this is only more true with the younger generations who, who live integrated with technology. I don't view my spiritual journey in silos. I don't say, look, this is the content I interact with online. And then this is the contact, you know, my Bible on my phone is different than my physical Bible. Yes, there are physical characteristics that are different, but it's still the same word. The friendships I have are my friendships face to face. And the same, I'm talking to the same real people via text, via social media, via, it's an extension of self. And what happens there changes the real world. And you can impact, just like if someone's in crisis, you send them grocery money, you you pray for them, you, you follow up with them for as long as it takes, you minister to them in a way they need. It is not confined to the digital space. Wow, great stuff, good stuff. Pastor Brown, you have anything on that? Boy, um, how can I add to that? I just continue by saying um, I agree totally with uh, Jamie. Content is critical. People are going to watch. um, People are going to listen. People are going to go back to something that meets their needs. And so if we look at, at, at... at, at Jesus. Jesus could not do it alone. We, we must recognize that um, a lot of us as do not have the awareness and the skills, skill set to go, go on the digital platform. But we have within our churches the resources that can assist us to reach people. The critical thing is reaching people with content that they that will address their needs. And so if we have the resources around us to help us to package the content that will reach people, people will make a decision for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. having made that decision for, for Jesus Christ, they will by themselves seek to invite others to experience what they're experiencing. And that continues the discipleship discipleship process. So I I agree that if we have good content and we we are able to to put that out there, people will access it and people will will give their lives to Jesus because um, disciple making is a process of the Holy Spirit. We are just connecting people to the source of of, 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 of of transformation, which is Jesus Christ, which is the, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Someone has a good question, and I couldn't 
find it on social media, but they're saying, yes, repackaging this content, but what do we do if there's resistance to the repackaging? And I would say to that, move forward anyway, because we have to meet people in all generations. Radio still works for some people and in some cultures. It's, it's, still, it's still good to be on the radio. It's still good to have TV. It's still good to do these things, but we now have more tools. And so create the content, move forward to reach these new audiences where they are. It, you know, it's the same as you know, resistance to going to a foreign country or, or a foreign mission field. Danger has never stopped us or, you know, I've known people that have sacrificed and sold everything so they could go on a mission trip. We don't have to sacrifice much to repackage the gospel and share it online. Yeah, that that's fine. I like what I like what um, yeah. I like what Marlon Lamont says here in the chat. Uh, it says, yeah. "I think that allowing the youth to have a seat at the table mm-hmm. would enhance the probability for them to engage in discipleship." So it, it just goes to your point. Um, you know, those ideas we need to bring them to the table, have a seat at the table. But I like what you said, Jamie. Go forward. I mean, as much as possible, let's just go forward yeah. because if we don't. We die, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, God you know, actually, the early church, right. the early church packaged the gospel in a way that met the needs of the people in their context at that particular point in time. From house to house, breaking bread and sharing. We must, right. as Jamie says, I mean, reach people and address their needs. The, the people that we are ministering to today is a, a, a technology savvy um, 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 people. And so, again, we need to access the resources that we have in our church to assist us to package the content, to package the gospel in such a way that we need the need. We'll never, let me say this, we have resistance now to persons who say, do not go on that tech. We have resistance now to, to many persons who, in terms of public evangelism, what do we do? Roll over and die? No, we move ahead. So people will have to catch up. But this is the way to go. I mean, and, uh, this, 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 this morning I was able to read up. Since, I mean, through technology, I'm able to read the entire constituent thing one time. I would not be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way to go. God has this in your hand. And we must move it. Right. Hey, listen, right. I, I, I want to reiterate. But, oh, go, go ahead, Elder. Yeah, but before, before I wanted to, to, to bring out the point, when Jamie shared about the resistance, a lot of the people are resisting because they realize the repackaging is not what they feel comfortable about. And we, mm. we, we tend to mm-hmm. look at what we do based on how we feel and not really what they need and um, yeah. and those people are trying to reach. And so we have to, as members, we, we have to repackage in a way, not for us, not for us to feel comfortable, but for the fact that the people out there will, will, will catch something, something will catch, something will connect, something will cause them to say, hey, I need to find out more about this Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I would say that you're touching on something called cultural empathy. 
And we, this is tried and true wisdom from the physical mission field. You know, you know, powerhouse evangelists know this. If you go into a culture, you have to understand their norms, their expectations. You may even have to learn the language and, and certain traditions and stuff like that in order to reach those people. And ultimately, you want to lift someone up within that community so that they, because they are in the best position to reach their own. The digital mission field is no different. Mm. There, there's a cultural empathy we must have with the generations who spend their time on there, the cultural norms, expectations, the language, and ultimately going back to the youth, we should be empowering them to use these platforms that they are native users of to reach their own because they are in the best possible position to speak to their own people, their own generation. Yeah, I, I just like... Fortunately, and I'm not, I'm not singing um, our own tune. But, but let me, let me share with you that Jamaica Online was the initiative of we just all that we do. We would love to have a situation where all our members can access worship on the Sabbath, and we would like to utilize um, the radio and television to do that. And young communication person packaged Jamaica online and led us into all of this. So, 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 so already, um, really, the resources there, we just need to tap into it and empower our young people, be open to new things, and that is what leadership is all about, not to be stuck into a particular mode, but to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us as we lead the church into fulfilling mission. Yeah, I appreciate the sensitivity that we have heard from both of you on, on methodology in the sense that this, I think every pastor, every board member who or, or every personal ministries or evangelism team has sat down and somebody's thrown out an idea. And I can guarantee you this, this term has been heard at every board table. Oh, that won't work or that doesn't work anymore. Um, but but what I've heard tonight is or this afternoon is, is it? <sighs> whether it's a new thing or whether it's an old thing and a tried thing that both of them have, I used to hear that, that people won't come and sit under a tent anymore. Right. Um, and, and this was like in the early nineties. And I, I spent mm -hmm. a year in Australia and they used to say, especially white people would not come and sit under a tent anymore. I go to Australia, tons of white people sitting under a tent in the middle of the summer. Um, mm -hmm. And and it's like, they're, Australians they're, uh, are tough. Yeah, Australians are tough. Um, but there's, and, and even I saw people in Northern California uh, going and sitting under tents. And so the reality is that thing about cultural sensitivity, Jamie, it's, it's finding out what works with who, where, and when. So yes, this form of digital media might work here, but it might not work over here. They might need to go sit under a tent as opposed to being in this digital space. Um, but being able to be sensitive to um, the needs and paying attention to what works and not just not boxing ourselves in and saying, this is the only, this is what works. And this is the only thing that works. Right. I was going to say, Pastor Paul, listen, right now, we don't even sit on it. We'll, we'll do worship outside. I mean, we don't we need a tent now. We, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it outside, man. We'll be outside. Social distance ourselves. Uh, yeah, you guys are in Florida. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But even it's when I was in Kansas City, we did outdoor worship. 
Uh, listen, I, I want to ask this question. You know, we've been, you know, in this pandemic for almost a year now. Coming March would be like a year. And you all are at the front line, you know, as the president of the Jamaica Union. I mean, you're at the front line. You know what's happening. Best practices, Jamie. You're in the digital space, digital strategist. You know what's happening. You're, you're, you're all. So let me ask you, uh, what, what, what best, what are the best practices that you have seen or been a part of um, as you look across our denomination that helps people to transition from the online viewers to authentic disciples? You know, what have you seen in your perspective? Jamie? Sure. Um, I would say the number one thing is people want the two-way conversation. They want community. And oftentimes where our churches, where our ministries fail is there's not somebody there to be the voice that answers back when the person reaches out. And I can't tell you how many times I've log on, logged on to ministry social media channels. I've checked their direct message or their inbox or whatever it is. And you have Sometimes it's simple stuff. People writing in and saying, are my kids welcome in church? Or what do I wear? That's a big barrier to entry for some people. But nobody answered. So the person may have never showed up because they, they there was no response. But then you also have this one that I remember, and I, I cite this in like every interview when somebody asks this, is a woman wrote in, her son had committed suicide, and she was really struggling. And the message was from two years ago when I logged in. So it's like at this point, like you don't even want to respond because how, how terrible is that? And we have people who will pour their hearts out online because it's often easier to pour your hearts out online behind a screen because there's somewhat of an anonymity, a little bit of security there and we don't respond. And so we have to treat those interactions like face-to-face -face interactions. We need to be responsive. We need to have protocols in pay place for our ministries and our churches where those inboxes, those messages, those comments are checked daily and somebody gets back to them with an answer, whether it's a question or somebody reaches out, prays for them, ministers to them, whatever it is. We need to be the leader in people care. Wow. We know like Fortune 500 companies know that that the key to brand loyalty is customer service. Hold on, Jamie, comes, Jamie, 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 hold on. Y'all taking notes. Yeah. I, I got to make sure because this is good stuff. Y'all so need a pen, a paper, bookmark this spot because this is this is great stuff. OK, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So we need to put on our customer service hats. We need to put on our people care hats. Again, this is the gospel of action. We need to be there. We need to be the voice that answers back when someone reaches out to us. We need to have a system in place where you have two or three people who are checking whatever social media platforms you have daily to make sure somebody gets a response, that that person is heard. Because being heard or being listened to is so close to being loved, most people don't know the difference. And I cannot tell you with some of the campaigns I've worked on, like the End It Now campaign, or even with our own personal ministry, my husband and I have launched Angels in the Glen. You have a lot of people who write in because they've been hurt by the church or they've been hurt by someone in the church. And simply just acknowledging, affirming them, speaking to them, and taking the time diffuses wow. them and softens them back towards Jesus back towards a relationship with Christ. And it can be incredibly powerful. Powerful stuff. Someone, Great stuff. Someone, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, someone suggests uh, that perhaps one of, the, one of the most powerful ministry that we could do is the ministry of prison. 
to be there for people. Um, technology cannot address that one. I have been praying for someone who is ill, and I, and I prayed over the phone, etc., etc. You have the last Sabbath, the last Sabbath, I went physically to see those person, and you cannot imagine the impact my presence, my physical presence. So we we discipleship is done in community with people. And so um, having connected virtually, we should find ways of, of putting a faith, a physical presence, um, um, as we seek to lead people into a closer relationship with God. So the virtual is critical, but we should find a way of connecting people with community so that they participate and feel a part of community and can get that support within that um, community as they, 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 they experience the, the, the love and the warmth of the body. All right, good stuff. All right, we've got uh, one last follow-up question, Dr. Wade, that um, is probably going to be fairly similar, but it's directed at another source. Pastor Wade. Yeah, um, I, I was I, I was kind of just taking in a little bit of what what was just shared in terms of the physical. And I, before I ask this question in a sense, but, you know, um, we, we, well, here in the United States, I'm not sure if you have that same situation there in Jamaica, but here in the United States, we, there is this big debate about should we be together, should we not be together, um, you know, the states, Governments are, are, are being torn apart, you know, when it comes to to that kind of connection. And and as we're talking about um, connecting with people um, virtually, um, uh, Dr. Brown, you kind of brought out a point that yeah, there needs to still be a physical uh, connection, a, a still a physical piece. Um, what what are some of the ways that we can connect the technology? Or the, with that physical is there some ways that we can share with our members who are listening today on some of the things we can do that make that connection we know what doing something online is but what what is what are some of the things we can do to make that connection between the virtual and the physical i i am um, thank you this may be a, this may be a, a very cool and way of of well of responding to your question but um, during the midst of the pandemic, I received a pastoral visit. And my pastor stood out at my gate, and I stood on my porch. And we prayed for each other and thought about the blessings and the goodness of God. We have encouraged our members, there are restrictions in terms of um, social distancing. But the warmth that I felt, from having my pastor stopping by my gate, getting out of his car, calling me and praying for me and talking to me and encouraging me. We have encouraged our pastors to do the same, to call and to say, hey, listen, I'm going to drop by, by your gate or um, I'm, I'm going to stop by your business. Because a number of our members, even though they are not physically at church, do go to work and maintain certain 
protocols at work. So we, I am one of those persons who believe that we should, as far as possible, adhere to the uh, protocols that have been established. But I think we can find creative ways of connecting with our members. Of, uh, uh, and so there are many ways of doing Okay. Jamie, any, any, any insights you can share, Jamie? I know you're very strong on the, on the virtual piece, but how would you transition some of that to a physical connection? Well, again, I think it ties into the the service mindset where you have something that starts on the digital space, but you know, like someone mentioned here, they have a hot meal giveaway, you have different services, maybe you have a toy drive around Christmas or whatever it is, where there are those physical in-person opportunities for people, and particularly centered around service where they can see each other. And they can also serve the community for those who are comfortable doing that for those who are able, particularly like younger generations. So we know that especially like in our church, our youth groups still actually meet together. They do bonfires outside, you know, still social distancing, still, you know, uh, mass and stuff, but we're talking about teens and 20 somethings. So those who are able to get together, there's still opportunity for that. And I think it's so valuable um, to meet when we can, particularly centered around service opportunities and just, you know, fellowship opportunities and just thinking ways of doing a hybrid because the reality is we have to prepare for a new normal. And now, you know, now we have all these COVID variants coming out. We don't know if the vaccine will work for those, like all these other questions swirling around. I think we're going to be in this situation for a few years. And even now, even if things turned around tomorrow and we got back to quote unquote normal, it's going to be a new normal because we have new expectations. People are going to have different comfort, le comfort levels based on their own risk you know, assessment. And so we have to figure out ways to move forward in a hybrid way. And the best way to start to prepare for that is to give opportunities now, where when as much as possible, there are those in-person opportunities, we can do service for the community in in-person opportunities where it's safe. But ultimately, we have to figure out a way to move forward in a hybrid fashion. The churches, the churches, the church is about to change those policies that 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 prevents us from um, from 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 doing business, the business of the church online. And I do not see myself um, 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 having those large meetings um, in the future that I can do from my office or do from my home um, in a more efficient and the cost, yes, efficient, um, yeah. you know, manner. So, it, it, I mean, virtual ministry is mm -hmm. going to be with us um, for, for, you know, a long time to come. And so, so, so I, I just want to add, when COVID first happened, you know, the church was facing the largest communication shift in 500 years, but our communication hadn't changed in 30. COVID did more than all of the digital advocates combined in the last 20 years. It actually got us moving into this direction, wow. which is why I think God is using it. That's right. And what shocked me, and I had never thought about this before, but when all the churches started adapting and switching like within a week, it was amazing. But then I started hearing from people with disabilities and people with other problems who said, you know, we've been asking for these accommodations for years. Mm -hmm. 
and we had been excluded. We didn't do it on purpose, but it was too difficult. It was too costly. It was too everything. And, and I want us to learn from that experience and even and realize that moving forward, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to community building, nothing should be too inconvenient. Yeah, and now we it's too costly to not to. I agree. Yeah, it's too costly yeah. not to. And do we want to sacrifice the participation? Because now, like our Bible studies, everybody keeps telling me this, you know, whenever I talk to different churches, like they have people attending their Bible studies from all around the world because now they can. You have young couples with children who are now participating in Bible studies again. Yeah. You have people who might be a truck driver, but he participates in Bible study because he turns on his phone, he hops in on Zoom, and he's still driving his truck, but he's in the Bible study. Like, we yeah. we have a participation at a new level. I pray that nobody wants to sacrifice that participation. I hope I hope just to say I hope my my most of my members are not listening to me. But I visited my mother, my mom, my mom, my mom spoke to me, and she says, Everett, thank God for COVID." Because it allows me to participate in church in the afternoon. I usually go to church in the morning. No, I can I can experience Sabbath school. I can experience divine awe, and I can participate in church um, of the best. Because church has come right into my home, and I do not think that even after COVID, I'm going to be able to go back to what because for me, it's a blessing. Well, and I, I was going to say this, just chime into that. You know, it took tragedy for our church to get it together so that we can get to that next level. I mean, as you mentioned, Jamie and, and Pastor Everett Brown, I mean, if it wasn't for this great tragedy and pandemic, those members that weren't able to come to church uh, during pre-COVID would not be able right. to get the type of engagement that they're getting now. And so this is very critical. And I also like what you said, you know, going forward, you know, the church is not the same. I want to say this to everybody, it's not the same and it will not be the same. We are in a new platform. And so we got to learn how to deal with the virtual space and make sure that we're very intentional about winning people for Christ from viewership to discipleship. Yes. Amen. And yeah. I would say it, it, this idea is nothing new because if you look at the apostolic church, they took the gospel to new regions because they were fleeing persecution. It wasn't necessarily out of their own desire and will. Oh, wow. And wow. I think God wow. is using COVID in the same way because we, we, we can't Mercy. divorce ourselves from a building. And right. so while he didn't cause the persecution necessarily in the first century, he used it. And so today God is using COVID so that we can learn to, to be the church seven days a week. Wow. Agree. Mm -hmm. So listen, I, my question is simply this. Uh, what are some of the tools or competencies uh, that pastors and church members can use now uh, in, in a COVID-19 world to be effective at transitioning viewers to discipleship? What, 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 what tools or competencies would you, competencies would you suggest or know of or that you have heard that can be used by members and church members, uh, pastors and church members to, to make this transition? If I were, if I were to, 
if I were to, uh, I know Jamie will, will, will enlighten me on this and will address the question. But if I were to um, advise the Department of Theology at NCU is that no pastor should graduate from the university without um, being aware of technology and the use wow. of technology in ministry. That is a prerequisite for any pastor coming into ministry. So um, um, wow. I, I, I think, I think um, each church should invent in basic um, technology to, 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 to use the internet as a means of, of, of ministering to its members and the wider community. So technology and the, the use of technology by our members um, who are involved in ministry and by our pastors going forward should be, should, should be a prerequisite. Amen. Um, and this might seem a little self-serving, but I do have the Digital Discipleship and Evangelism book. I don't make any money off of it, but I highly recommend it because in that book, I cover what leadership can start doing now by actually making digital discipleship and evangelism part of your overall mission and vision separating your congregation into teams of how you can create content that actually addresses people's felt needs, what it means to be a digital disciple and how to engage in digital discipleship and how to engage in digital door knocking and how to leverage your church as a reach vehicle for souls and how to create community online and what that looks like. So if you're interested in reading more about that, you can Jimmy, find my book. Jimmy. Jamie, I'm interested because on the 28th of this month, one of our yeah. one of our pastors, one of our pastors, I've asked him to do a presentation to our pastors, all the pastors in Jamaica, on this mm -hmm. very same topic. And so maybe mm -hmm. we need to, we need to talk so that in the future we could mm -hmm. leverage more resources to make <laughs> our pastors, uh, you know, more prepared for for, for this new digital. Yeah. Look at the PRT well, being a connection it. spot. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I love Listen, it. I love it. I love that's it. Why, <laughs> that's why that's why Jamaica is growing fast. Listen, Jamaica is growing fast because yeah. we have a leader that believes in resources. He will reach out, get resources yeah. to make that union. We got a union Amen. president on here. He's gonna that's make right. the union even greater. I think next year we'll get to 20% of the island. That are Adventists. Okay, I don't know, Pastor. Come on Bell. now, just, come on I'm now. Just, <laughs> I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Thank you, Pastor. Matt, you know what? Amen. What we that's, do that's, now, that's the decisions we make now, will determine the success or failure of the church 10 years from now. Yes. And so, you know, I have a website, it's jdim.digital slash book and you can find out about the book but then we also have some free resources up on the on the website but um i, I like yeah. i like i like in addition to a book of faith yeah <laughs> and this book too um somebody asked is it good for an individual yes it is good for an individual it it 
goes through how you as a person can also, as an individual, become a digital disciple, what you can do on your own with or without the support of your church leadership. Wow. I need, to, I, need, I, need, I, need I need to to get a contact for you in, before, before we do. Okay. We'll, we'll do that after the broadcast. Now it's getting embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll make sure. Okay. I'll hey, make sure that's what we do here. Relevant, resourced, and real. Yes, resourced and real. Listen, um, we're, we're going to make the, all of those, uh, those resources available. We're going to post them both on our Facebook page and on our yeah. website. The website yeah. is directly above me here, the past pastorsroundtable.com. When you go and see the show notes for today, we will have um, all of those the, those uh, connecting points to uh, to Jamie's book, etc. Um, that will be there. And Dr. Brown, if you have anything that you'd like for us to add to the show notes for today, for those who go and browse the website, um, we'll be happy to make those available to our audience as well. Now, now Jamie, Jamie didn't say this, but um, not only does she have a book, she is an entrepreneur herself. She runs a company that if a church or a group of folks would like to, to um, con consult with her, she is available to help you um, with that. So I know she's not going to say it. She's, you know, we, but I, we, wanna, I want her to know that we appreciate Pastor, her and what she's doing. Thank in you. The Pastor, space Pastor, Weed. Pastor Weed, leadership is about leveraging resources to grow your organization. And um, the, the, the president of the GC says that any investment, in, in any expense, any money spent in preparing people for ministry is not an expense, it's an investment. Come on, come on, come on. That's it right there. That's it right there. My goodness. Well, we want to just thank our two guests. Our time has flown by. Um, this has been truly a, a great conversation um, as we looked at this phenomenon and how we were moving folks from viewership to, to discipleship. I, I was just blown away. The whole Jamaican union, and I'm a union, I'm a union person here. Uh, you know, the whole union went in one direction, stepped together. I, you know, I don't know. You know, that was that was like, wow, that is awesome. So, uh, Dr. Brown, we just want to thank you for your leadership. In, in, in pulling together a union, uh, a group of churches, a group of conferences to make that pivot, to, to help move the gospel into an arena that, um, that many people are, are surprised that, that such positive work can be done. And we, we just give God praise for the, the, the great um, work or the results that happen because of what y'all have done. And Jamie, we just thank you for, for, for the resource and being a resource in helping Amen. members and churches to move into this digital evangelism sphere and be successful at it. So we just Absolutely. want to say thank you to both of you. Listen, no, thank you guys for the opportunity. We would love, uh, and I, we have not talked about this, so I'm going to get in trouble after the show. Um, but um, we would love, we, we, every month we like giving stuff away. Um, we'd like to, to Roger, Dion, how you guys feel about giving away uh, one of these, uh, these books that we will uh, get from Jamie and uh, making that resource available to some of our listeners? Um, let's, let's do five. I, I was, let's, okay, let's, yeah, I was going to say more than one. Let's do five. We're good with five. <laughs> 
Brown said it's an investment. Right? Let's do five. <laughs> okay. All right. Watch this. Well, well, listen, you guys can help us give some of this stuff away. Um, I prepped this um, here. Uh-oh. Let me change this. You're seeing not quite me there. Let's uh, pull this over. Um, this is the Pastors Roundtable website. Um, you can see at the top of the screen there, it is the pastorsroundtable.com. I don't have it big, but as you scroll through that page, you're going to see, well, this was, it was the upcoming show earlier today. It's today's show. Um, you can go and watch some of the previous ones. You can see what some of our viewers are saying. There's places on here for you to go and see um, just some resource and relevant news that's going on around the church today. Um, I, I want to direct you, oh, there's some some uh, pictures that uh, some folk have submitted to the website. So make sure you go and check out the website. I want to also pay some special attention to, uh, I think it's down at the bottom here, uh, to the support page. Um, we have never before this moment actually solicited any support, and yet there are those of you who have been supporting financially the Pastors Roundtable so that we can make some of these things available to give away. Um, as you see on the page, here are some ways that you can support. There is a PayPal account associated with the Pastors Roundtable. Um, there is also a Cash App. So you can just navigate to the Pastors Roundtable uh, page. If there's some things that you, uh, something uh, that you want to uh, help us to be able to make some more resources like this, we're talking about five. When we do these resources and we give these things away for the most part, not for the most part, up until this point, this has been Dr. Henry, uh, Pastor Wade, and myself saying we believe in resourcing our audience to the point where we're willing to come out of pocket to do what we need to do um, to help you. And 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 but we can do more with your with your help and your support. And so we want you to go ahead and check that out. Um, spend some time there. Look around in the nooks and crannies on the page as it is developing over time. And um, and we hope that it will be a blessing for you going forward. Right. Before before we go, I don't know if there's any final words from Pastor Brown and, and Jamie as we uh, close yeah. our show down today. I, I, I just want to say that um, pastors and persons who lead ministry's team today must provide resource training for the its its, its pastors and leaders and members for us to do um, mission in the digital space. We have had training in the past. We have access resources in the past for our pastors and for our leaders. We are going to be synthesizing them again um, next week on digital evangelism. And in the future, we are going to be accessing Jamie to, 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 to as a resource Christian to, to bring all our, our, our pastors up to this space where they need to be in order to be effective in their ministry. And finally, we, we should incorporate um, the resource persons in our planning and execution of these persons and as leaders what we should do is to support them in that process. We don't have to be the all in all. 
if we have resources in the church, human and otherwise, let's pull them together as we seek to do mission and prepare our people for the second coming of Jesus. Jamie? Yes. Oh, you want words? me? <laughs> Do you have any last, My last words? Word yeah. If you feel called, answer the call. It doesn't, again, I just want to reinforce, it doesn't matter if you only have four connections or you build up to 40,000 online. You have influence. And as an individual, mm. what you do with that influence matters. So do what you can with what you have. It can make a big difference. And you never know where God is going to lead you down the road. You never know. You know, God may lead you to be a very powerful personal ministries person in your neighborhood, in your church, in your local community. Or you might end up doing what my husband and I have done and launching actual personal digital ministry that has already shocked us. It's been up for a little over six months and we have over 250,000 views on our YouTube channel for Daniel and Revelation because people are searching. Use what you have and just be faithful with the call. And, and you never know what's going to happen. God will lead you further than you ever imagined you can go because you're not working alone. You're working with the Holy Spirit. And we may never know the full impact of our labor here on earth, this side of heaven. But it matters. What you do matters. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank our guests one more time. Again, what an awesome uh, discussion. And uh, we thank you for sharing and enlightening us on this topic. Man, what's on the table for next week, guys? Man, I, I know what we were planning next week was that reopening show. I, I don't remember. And we, we, we moved that or we um, join us next week. <laughs> now, listen, what I can say to the, our audience is next week we are going to have a surprise, not a guest, but we're going to have a surprise person on the show next week. Now, I could, I, maybe my hosts don't even know, but we're going to have a surprise. Yeah, I was about to say it's a surprise to me next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise person. Right? Hey, watch this. Right here with me. So we're oh. not gonna do the interview. They're gonna be right here with me. Oh, next I know what week. you're doing. A very critical person is gonna be here with me next week. I know what he's doing. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. You don't want to. You don't want to miss that. And we want to remind our viewers. Listen. Hey, we want to. Yeah, there you go. We want to remind our viewers. Three o'clock Eastern. 2 o'clock Central. Hey, if you're in the mountain time, 1 o'clock Pacific, 12 noon, right here, same place. You don't want to miss next week. And trust me, you will be blessed. Absolutely. All hey, right. make sure All you right. go to that YouTube channel. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell, make sure that you know when we go live. And again, we've got some things that we're working on that are going to go on that will not be live streamed, that will go straight to the YouTube channel. So you want to make sure, even if you're yeah. watching on Facebook, that you go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel so you can catch those little tidbits. So we're working on that and looking forward to that. Roger, can we get this outro correct and right today we're gonna try it we are just so glad we are just so glad to, to just be part of this movement we're here at the pastor's roundtable we strive we strive to keep in ministry the key point we're striving, we're striving. all night 
<laughs> okay, okay, here we go. Go again. Go again. We're going to get it right, y'all. We're going to get it right yeah, as we go. Ministry relevant, resourced, and real. <laughs> God bless. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>